Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and I can't honestly say that I'm super excited to be talking baseball with you here today. It's a rough day for the sport, in my opinion. I know some people have tried to push back on this a little bit. I've noticed it mostly coming from baseball writers from the coasts. But with the news that the Dodgers have now signed Yamamoto as well as Otani, I've been getting a lot of messages, text messages, emails, DMs, people on Twitter asking me the same question, which is, why should I continue to pay attention to this sport? And that is not good, right? Now, I've seen a lot of pushback on this, like I said, and I'm, I'm going to address some of that, but I want to start with a few baseline observations so that we're all working from the same set of of basic facts here right because i think a lot of this is getting a little bit mixed up and some people suggesting hey this is nothing new the economics of baseball have been broken for a while i want to start with that one because that is absolutely true anyone who's listened to me before has heard me use that exact phrase the economics of baseball are broken they have been for some time to state it another way, uh, there was actually uh, Jesse Spector on Twitter, for those of you that don't know, uh, long time, and, and he is a New York baseball writer. He sums it up this way, and I'm going to have to censor it a little bit. MLB's problem is that the reliably good teams are all heels, bad guys in, in wrestling terminology, right? Because they're either rich, historically unpunished cheaters, or the humanity settings off version of Moneyball, right? The Astros are all three. So why would a neutral get on board with anyone, except he says maybe Philly, right? Now, if you're listening to this, you're probably a Rockies fan, or at one point considered yourself to be a Rockies fan. And for a lot of mid to small market teams that haven't had success over the last couple of years, they're getting caught up in two different conversations. There is the incredibly likely and very real possibility that your owner is cynically not doing enough to win. And that's true. Almost every small to mid-market team in baseball, including the Rockies, could be spending more money. They have a kind of self-imposed, invisible salary cap that they won't let their general managers go over. Right. And we had this whole debate during the last CBA negotiations. And so a lot of people I've noticed have wanted to use this truth to try to undercut what's going on with the Dodgers right now and what's been going on with the Mets and Yankees. And even though it didn't work out with the Padres recently, right, these massive spenders that can buy up all of the best talent in baseball, leaving a limited number of strategies for potential success for everybody else. While it is true that teams like the Rockies could be spending tens of millions, maybe even a hundred million more on their payroll. There is a massive difference between that and the multi-billion dollar television deal that teams like the LA Dodgers have. And that's all before you get into, and we've talked about this before too, the security that comes from being able to market your global brand. 
no matter what the Rockies do, you know, when they sign a, a big time player, they aren't going to suddenly start selling jerseys all over the world, right? One of the reasons that the Dodgers can afford to be spending potentially $68 million on Shohei Otani when he's in his 40s and maybe not even playing anymore. The reason they can defer that contract and feel confident that it's actually going to be okay is because they know that they can sell jerseys and bobbleheads and any number of other things that could make up for any potential loss should the team not actually reach the heights of success that they expect to, right? And then if they do, that's just that much more money that they can generate off of these guys. But they have that security. I've often said, and and this most recent postseason, you know, proves this, or, or really the season in general. I mentioned the Padres and the Mets a moment ago. Money in baseball does not buy success. And we'll come back to that at the end. What it buys is security. So yes, it is true that all of these other teams could take not the same risk as Otani. I'm sorry, but you can't do something like that unless you've just got an exorbitant amount of money. And and there really does need to be a clear understanding that, again, these mid and small market teams could be spending more money, but that doesn't mean they have unlimited funds. That doesn't mean that they can catch up with the Dodgers. Every small and mid market team in baseball could increase their budget by whatever percent, and then the Dodgers could just increase theirs by more, right? And the Yankees and the Cubs and the Giants. Those are the teams that can do that, and, and the Red Sox, because there's an institutional money power there as well. The rest of the teams in baseball, if they take that kind of risk, think Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel, right? It has to work because if it doesn't, they don't have the money. They literally don't have the money. And and I know, again, it, it feels like saying, oh, these billionaires, you're saying that they don't have the money. No, it's not an unlimited amount of funds. You can't automatically keep up with these massive institutions of baseball. So what it tends to buy and always has done over the years is that security where the Yankees can make a bad signing in the offseason. They can sign a guy to a big contract and have it not work out because then they can just go pay medium dollars for somebody else to come in and replace that player. That's what the small and mid-market teams can't do is take a big financial risk and have it not pay out. So that's what I've had a lot of people asking me today. Like, well, why don't, you know, uh, there's someone who was a Tigers fan and said, well, they could just do that. First of all, they they can't, they're, they're not really in the running when these types of players who have the absolute decision on where they're going to go, they're going to choose these institutions almost every single time because of these two things, the money and the security that comes with that. Right, the ability to make another move. In a way, and and don't worry, I'm not going to get political here, but because it's the same thing, these tax loopholes that you can only take advantage of if you're a billionaire, right? That's what this is. This is something that only a handful of the richest teams in baseball can afford to do. They're the only ones who are basically eligible for it to be able to have a kind of deferred payment like that. So even if the Tigers or the Rockies or the Reds or Mariners wanted 
to sign a deal like that. They literally would not be able to. And then on top of that, if they could, it would be the only one that they would be able to do. And if it didn't work out for whatever reason, if that player gets hurt, has a serious career-ending injury, then they're screwed for the next 10 to 15 years. In a similar way to which the Rockies were still feeling the effects of the Hampton and Nagel contracts a decade after those guys were gone. Right? So... You can take that risk as these other teams. What you can't do is take that risk and have it not work because then you're not just screwed on that deal. Your whole franchise locks up for years. And that's just not the case with the Yankees or the Dodgers who do have close to unlimited funds and can buy themselves out of just about any corner because there aren't rules to stop them from doing so. So with major markets and TV deals and no revenue sharing, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And there is going to be a massive battle over this at the next CBA. We were already fighting about these things. This was already a great deal of contention the last time of uh, around, right? And the conversations of salary floor and salary cap are going to come back up. Major League Baseball desperately needs both. But back to Jesse's point about the teams that have the most power, the teams that have the most institutional power, the teams that show up in the postseason the most often, the teams that have won the most World Series over the years. None of them want a salary cap. They're the teams that can do this. They're the teams where all of the best players in the league ultimately filter to. They're the teams that every time a big name free agent comes up, if you're a fan of any other team in baseball, you go, well, they're probably going to the Dodgers or the Yankees, aren't they? Maybe the Cubs or Cardinals, maybe the Giants, potentially Boston. But if you're a big name free agent, that's it, right? You'll get the occasional Carlos Correa, who ended up in Minnesota, but that was after, you know, several times of that deal getting turned down uh, for him to go to one of those institutions, right? So we need to be able to hold two thoughts in our head at the same time, that there still needs to be mounted pressure on the small and mid-market teams to spend more money that players do deserve fair compensation, and that generally speaking, by and large, more players should be making a bigger piece of the pie. However, that is a separate conversation from should the teams at the top be allowed to essentially buy their way through the rules and or through the spirit of the rules, I should say, because obviously what the Dodgers did is totally legal. That's why I compared it to right tax loopholes that end up so that some of the richest people end up paying a lower effect, uh, paying a lower effective tax rate than like you and I. Right. And that's what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. And so there needs to be a mechanism in place to stop that. And while I don't think we'll get a salary cap for the reason I mentioned earlier, we might get a salary floor because I think people are so mad about what's gone on in Oakland and rightfully so that there's going to be more momentum behind that. It's also something the players union is going to be in favor of. 
there's another barrier, by the way, for the salary cap. The players' union obviously tends to be in in that boat of not holding those two different thoughts separately, like I was saying earlier, right? They're anything that will get the players more money, and the Otani deal certainly does that, tends to be seen as a good thing in the players' union's eyes. And I'm, I'm almost always pro-players' union on these conversations. But if in 2026, the next CBA, they're out there arguing against the cap, you know, at some point, competitive balance has to matter. At some point, it can't just be all about how much money are the owners making? How much money are the players making? And is that pie, you know, split up evenly and fairly? That, that has to matter. That That's a very important conversation. And as I said, I'm all for the players there. But at some point, they've got to recognize that these uber mega contracts that guys like Otani or even like Max Scherzer, right? Those types of deals are taking away from the far more you know plentiful group of players who are making league minimum and the the guy the rookie contracts guys who are getting totally screwed out of their value right these things are related so well no it's it's true that money doesn't buy success like i said we'd come back to that the randomness and chaos of baseball will always make it so that there's some parody at the very least. And we saw an example, a, a beautiful example of that this year with Texas and Arizona playing each other in World Series. Nobody had that, right? And, and it just happened to be that they were the two teams who were playing the best at the right time. And because baseball is a game with 26-man rosters and you know lineups of nine guys that have to hit and it all comes down to whoever's standing on the mound and whether or not they have it that particular day, it's still going to be the case that, you know, the Dodgers don't have this thing wrapped up. For everybody's saying, and, and I'd sent out a thing about buying a championship, right? You still got to play the games. A lot of us have noted it would be, it, at this point, just objectively funny for them to lose. But honestly, and this is what brought me to this realization of how bad this truly is for baseball. Because either of those outcomes is not good, right? Because if the Dodgers win the World Series, well, then it turns out you can buy a championship and that other teams, and this has been the primary question I've got today, like how can I even root for, you know, whether it be the Rockies or whoever else when they, they've just got no shot. They've got absolutely no chance against a team that's that much more talented, right? When you can just buy up that level of talent. On the other hand, the far funnier, more satisfying outcome of they lose in the DS or CS again. And the owners probably use it as an excuse to not spend. And and this is why, and I've even said this is the strategy. And people don't like it, and I totally understand why. But if you're the Rockies, back to the, the beat that I cover, right? And people get mad at the Rockies for not spending. You're never, ever, ever, not never. Dick Mumford could spend every single penny he has. He could liquidate every asset he has and spend all of those pennies. And he still wouldn't be able to afford the roster that the Dodgers can. All right. Let's get realistic about the difference of money that we're talking about here. Conversely, there's plenty of evidence to suggest 
you don't need to spend that kind of money. Back to Jesse's point, there are ways to do it. You can go the money ball route. You can outwardly cheat like the Astros did, right? But but I think that is the frustration that I've long felt. And now it's getting into even a starker contrast where there are two ways to compete. Either be extraordinarily rich or be extraordinarily cynical. Rays, A's. Whatever. Now I do, and and by the way, we can hold Texas up as an example of hey, they're outside the normal institutions, and they but they spent an exorbitant amount of money in order to make that work, right? So, if those are your two options, either spend money, sometimes money that you don't have, and remember when teams that aren't the Yankees or the Dodgers or whatever do this, typically what happens is you open up a window of contention for three or four, if you're lucky, five years. And then you kind of disappear back into the ether the way the Kansas City Royals did. They spent a lot of money on those guys for a little while when they were winning World Series. And then they couldn't continue to sustain it. Lots of teams can spend more year to year than they are now. What they can't do is make decades or 15 years long commitments to spending that kind of money the way the Yankees and the Dodgers can. It's just a fundamentally different thing. Whole other ballpark, if you will. And so, yes, it is true that just due to the nature of the game of baseball, it will always be the case. In fact, it will now even more so be the case that what these teams that don't have money should be doing, and I know a lot of people who hate this, but is essentially try to win 85 games, right? You're not going to win 100 games if you're in a division with the Dodgers. Look at what the Arizona Diamondbacks did, right? 14, 15, 16 games worse than the Dodgers in the regular season because you're never going to keep up with a team like that over 162. Never. But you can beat them in a seven-game set or a five-game set if you've got just your starting pitchers happen to be a little bit better than theirs that given day. You can win any baseball game. And that now is the smartest strategy for anyone that isn't one of those top six teams in terms of being able to spend that money and having the history of institution behind you so that you know that whatever risks you're taking, you can always get out from underneath them and they're not going to sink your franchise for the better part of a decade or more, right? So what you do is you shoot for the margins. You get to the dance. That's, that's what I've talked about it uh, before, right? Uh, not I didn't invent that phrase, but that's always how I framed it recently, right? Is you just got to get in the dance. Once you're there, you, you need that right combination of things going your way to overcome these teams who are more talented than you on paper. But I, I think this is the negativity or the desperation that people are feeling. And it, it really is just true that if you're in a division with one of these teams, and I'll talk again about realignment on, on the next show because it needs to come back up, but it does not make sense to try to keep up with the Joneses, right? It does not make sense to try to keep up with the Dodgers because you're never going to spend as much money as them. You're never going to be as attractive to free agents. You're never going to have the big name talent. Never, 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 never. But you can beat them. 
You just have to do it in a weird roundabout way and hope that, yes, some luck breaks your way. And this is exactly what fans hate. Trust me. <laughs> I've been I've been saying it for years. And, and when I do, people go, oh, so the Rockies just have to hope to get lucky? In a way, yeah, everybody does. That's exactly how it broke for the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. That's the hope that anybody else has. Because this is getting worse and worse until they address it in the CBA. Even the way teams like the Mets and Padres are getting out from underneath it now. Right? Because they know they can trade Juan Soto to who? A team that can afford to take on that contract. Now, I know there's one year left on it, right? But any other team out there didn't have a shot. It was basically a foregone conclusion. And so the Padres can get out from some of that money that they overcommitted to and these reports that they were paying their players with payday loans. And if the San Diego Padres are paying their players with payday loans and they can't afford to keep a player the caliber of Juan Soto, given how much they invested into that team, when the Mets are out here just having to unload Scherzer and Verlander, and pay a lot of it down, but still get out from some of it. And they've been coming up short this offseason too, but that's how these teams can continue to just push it to the next day. Until there's a salary cap, a salary floor, and revenue sharing, baseball is going to continue to divide itself into a sport of the haves and the have-nots. Now, that doesn't mean that on an individual basis... You can't still be mad at your mid to small market team, obviously here the Rockies, for mismanaging things. This is the other thing that, again, we've got to be able to hold two thoughts in our head at the same time. It is both true that a lot of the Rockies' failure to succeed is because of the Rockies, because of their own decisions that they've made, because of their own shooting themselves in the foot, especially when it comes to recent times and the Nolan Arenado stuff and everything that's gone on there. That is all true. It is also true that they are playing an unfair game. The deck is stacked against them, right? And like they say a money ball, you basically have two options now. Try to keep up with the Joneses, which you're never going to do, or become card counters at the table, right? Because the Dodgers are buying up all the seats and you only get one spot to sit. Best you've got is to, on some level, quote, cheat the system and that just doesn't feel good to anybody well I, I think some people do get a big kick out of it the the gamification of things like with the Rays and when the A's have been successful over the years what they've managed to do uh, with some of that stuff which is ultimately the polar opposite end of the money solution that most of us who want the players to get paid are advocating for Right. That's why you're stuck as a fan, because you don't want I think most people listening to this, at least I know that there are very cynical sports writers out there who just believe whatever, man, underpay every single player on your team the way the Rays do. And you can compete with the Yankees. You can you can do that. But most of us do want the payers, the payers to get played and the players to get paid. We want a fair 
economic system whereby guys can make the money that they're worth, but that they can't only do that on one of five teams. That any time a team signs a player like Chris Bryant, they're just screwed. They're just screwed. And so... You know, that's what's funny to me is that this is, as I've said before, and I know people hate hearing it, this is one of those very, very, very few instances where Dick Monfort is actually completely on the right side of this thing. The Rockies have always spent commiserate with their market, with how much money that they bring in. They've never been cheap, despite the fact that people have tried to throw that at their feet. And they refuse to tank absolutely refuse to purposefully spend less money on the roster in order to be bad. A strategy that has been highly hyped up by the baseball media that gives excuses to teams to do it that way. So those are your two options. I guess the third option is you you end up where the Rockies are, which is caught in the middle. Trying to do it the right way, but trying to do it the right way isn't a good strategy anymore, right? Trying to build from within, spend a reasonable amount, uh, don't cut corners, right? Put a legitimate team out there on the field every single year has turned into bad strategy. If you can't afford to buy all the best players out there and go all in that way, then you need to be a corner cutter. Those are your only two options. And I think that's bad for the game of baseball. I think it's bad for fan bases. I think it's bad for cultures. And I think it's going to continue to get worse. And I'm going to keep getting messages from friends and family members saying, why should I care about this sport anymore? And it's a difficult question to answer on days like today. I can get all romantic and say, I love the sound of the bat and the feel of the, grass and the game on the radio and like all the things that I love about the game of baseball are all still there but at some point you have to feel like it's a fair competition I was watching the PBS documentary recently on the Houston Astros cheating scandal and I highly recommend that to people because again it's one of those things where I feel like so many people hand waved it because everybody cheats and Far fewer lessons were learned from that than should have been. And I hope more and more people will educate themselves on just how bad it was and why it's not okay. And the former commissioner of Major League Baseball, Faye Vincent, talked about how he would have thrown all of them out of baseball forever. And the reason being, because if the rules don't matter and aren't fair, then you don't have a sport. A sport is literally, at its basic fundamentals, a group of rules on a piece of paper, right? If we suddenly decide that a force out isn't an out, but we do that in the middle of the game and only for one team, we all recognize, well, that's not fair, right? If a strike is three feet outside for one team and not for the other, we all recognize, well, that's not fair and that's not how the rules should be imposed right it it would be absurd we would never accept a game where 
if one team hits the ball over the wall, that's a home run. But if another team does it, it's a ground rule double. Never, ever, ever would we accept that. But what we have now are rules that exist for poor teams and not so much for rich teams. And I know some people probably just balked at my mention of poor teams, right? I had money ball in my head, uh, right? We have that understanding that there are rich teams and there are poor teams and there's 50 feet of crap and then there's the Oakland A's, right? What I don't think a lot of people realize in this conversation is that there are mid-market teams, there are higher market teams, there's 50 feet of air, and then there's the Dodgers and the Yankees. They're so far above everybody else, particularly those two teams. I know oftentimes I include San Francisco and Chicago. Uh, Chicago's in a strong third, but it comes back to that phrase, marketing. It's not just for every other team in baseball, how much you're paying a player comes down to basically dollar per war, right? How much are they worth? How much are you paying them? And then how much value are you getting out of them on the baseball diamond? Because if they're playing for Milwaukee, they're not going to make their money back by everyone in the city buying all of their merchandise. But they will in Los Angeles and they will in New York. And that at some point has to be the big argument behind revenue sharing. Look at the NFL. A city like Green Bay which is a completely made up place, (laughs) can not only compete, but can win multiple championships and become a global brand because of revenue sharing. Because all the money that's made on the coasts where most of the people live doesn't just stay there. But in baseball, it does, which allows the problem to just get worse and worse and worse year after year. And yes, it is still the case. Neither the Yankees or the Dodgers have won a real World Series in quite some time. But just because they don't win the race doesn't mean that they don't have a massive head start that is fundamentally unfair. And any normal person looking at this again i I see a lot of people who might want to dive into the details and what about this that or the other any average human being looking at what's going on right now sees this for exactly what it is unfair the rich get richer i know there's not really poor teams in baseball but by relative matter uh, that's why i prefer the haves and the have-nots right some teams have the luxury of being able to take these risks most teams do not And that is essentially leaving not just Rockies fans. And this is why I think it's so important to point this out. You're not the only fan base that's feeling this way. I mentioned the Reds, the even teams like the Mariners, teams like Toronto, who've had some success recently, but have a difficult time getting over the hump, as it were. This isn't good for the game of baseball. And while some parody will always exist because of the chaos of the nature of the game. It's going to be less and less. So the worse this gets, and we're going to see 
the teams in the postseason continue to reflect these same the same group over and over again until something is done. And teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks going on the type of run that they did last year are going to get rarer and rarer. This is the main reason I was for the expansion of the postseason, even though I agree with a lot of the purists that say it makes the regular season less meaningful. It does, because a lot of the regular season has kind of been bought and paid for at this point. So I do want more teams in the dance to add a little bit of randomness and luck and chaos to it. So we'll see what happens, and it will be objectively hilarious if the Dodgers don't win the World Series next year. But that's really where we are right now in this moment, is that the Dodgers should win the World Series. And if they don't, it's going to be that bigger of an incentive for all the other teams to not spend because they've proven that they can keep up without spending. And if they do, it's just confirmation of all of our worst fears that by implementing a strategy that basically nobody else but the Yankees could, they're going to win the World Series. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So, sorry I don't have better news for you on this one today. Let me know uh, your thoughts on the subject. I've been getting them all day, so just keep sending them my way. Lots of people very, very passionate about this. And almost everybody that I know just beyond irate. And I get it, because most of us are at our core fans of the game of baseball. And this just feels like we all know it's a business too. It's a business also, but this just feels like the business side of baseball has just completely taken over so that the on-field product is just, you know, in many ways when some of these teams are playing a foregone conclusion. So thank you all for listening into this episode. Like I said, I'll, I'll keep listening to you out there on the Twitter machine and in the Discord channel and all that type of stuff. I I do hope you will continue to be baseball fans out there work through all this together there is a cba coming up make your voices heard make your displeasure with this heard get out there on twitter and talk about again the those things the salary cap the salary floor and revenue sharing the more people push the revenue sharing thing that one i think we may actually have a shot at some version of revenue sharing that can actually cut into this so some of those teams out there can afford to keep superstar level talent and pay them what they're worth and have them be lifelong hometown heroes instead of everybody filtering to these same couple of teams so put the pressure on don't give up i'll be out there with you i'll talk about realignment next time that's the other big thing that i think people can push for if we're gonna have super goober teams that can do whatever they're going to do put them all in the same divisions with each other and let them beat each other up for the rest of the year and let's have some other divisions where some of these teams that are in similar markets to each other can actually compete so that's another thing that we can do but i want to talk about that next time because it's a pretty in-depth conversation i didn't want to just do a surface level version of it here so thank you all for listening in i do hope you'll continue to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there I promise you that I will continue to be baseball fan Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.